Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening and welcome to Good News. I am Deacon Al and welcoming you here to Catholic Spirit Radio. We're here with Good News every Saturday and Sunday evening and we're we hope that uh, you will gain some knowledge about uh, the readings from this weekend's Mass. We're at the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Hard to believe. I mean, September's almost over. We're only about nine weeks away from Advent. Do you realize that means we're 13 weeks from Christmas? Oh, my. That's, re- that's really coming up fast. Um, but we're still in Ordinary Time, which means we're in a time of growth. And right now, we're, we're talking about uh, some, a very important part of our faith, which is forgiveness. Uh, this weekend, we carry over from last weekend's theme. And uh, it's so important uh, that we learn to forgive, to forgive others and to forgive ourselves. I had a, a question asked of me this week by a parishioner about confession. And a pretty common question where they asked, what if... Once you leave confession, you still don't feel forgiven for your sins. You still feel guilty about your sins. That would be unfortunate uh, because confession is a, is a sacrament that was left to us by Christ. He gave us this, this wonderful gift of this sacrament. If you read John twenty twenty three, where he gives his apostles the authority to carry on his healing mission. Uh, when you think of, of Christ's ministries, a lot of his three-year ministry was, was based in healing, healing the blind, the, the sick, the lepers, um, those who, were, um, who needed demons exercised from them, and the forgiveness of sins. Those were all part of his healing. And everywhere Christ went, he took the time to heal the people who came to him. And so he tells his apostles in, in John 20, 23, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and what sins you loose on earth are loosed in heaven. So he's giving this authority to his apostles to carry on this healing. And we believe that through apostolic succession, the apostles, the first bishops of, of the church, shared this authority with, with their fellow bishops as, as they were added to the fold, as more, as more shepherds were brought in. You know, one shepherd would teach another how to care for the sheep. Well, the church is no different. As, as new shepherds come in to care for existing flocks or new flocks, they're, they're taught by the previous shepherds how to do this and given the same authority over their flock that, their, that the previous shepherd has. Well, that's apostolic succession. That's the authority that Christ gave to his shepherds being shared with, with the next uh, generation of shepherds. And so this ability to heal this, this great sacrament of penance has been handed down through the centuries in the church and continues today. And so it allows us to take our sins with a humble and contrite heart to the priest and to receive absolution for our sins from Christ himself through the priest. But the absolution, make, make no doubt about it, comes from Christ so then you ask, well, what if that's not enough? What if I still walk away feeling, feeling guilty, feeling still attached to that sin? I think 
that actually brings in a new sin. It, it brings in the sin of pride. Because if, if you don't think Christ is capable of forgiving sins, then who is? If God isn't powerful enough to forgive your sins, who are you waiting for? Right? Who's going to come along more powerful than God to absolve you? So are you thinking, I won't be absolved till I think I'm, uh, till I forgive me? Well, now you're placing yourself above the judgment of God. And that's something we're going to talk about in, in our readings today. You're going to see the same thing happen. So this, this attitude of who's the, who's the greater judge, God or me, has been something that we've wrestled with for centuries, and, and Christ knew it. And so he talks about that. So, so keep in mind uh, the importance of confession and the power of this wonderful sacrament, a power established by Christ and passed on through generations in the church through apostolic succession. But something you have to keep in mind in order to fully understand today's reading. Confession requires contrition. Contrition actually means crushing. Uh, Jesus tells us in Scripture that God will not spurn a humble and contrite heart, which means when you come to, when you come to God, whether th- through the confessional or through a personal appeal, personal prayer, when you come to God with confession for your sins, it's not just, hey, this is what I did. It's, here's how I've harmed you, and I am deeply sorry. Because if, if, you're, if you're not crushed by what you've done wrong, if you're simply listing what you've done wrong, well, that's bragging. That's not being sorrowful. That's not seeking confession. Now you're just bragging about what you did. Before you can receive absolution, you first have to feel crushed by this wrongdoing that you've done to God, and all sin is against God. I mean, let's say I've got John sitting across here from me uh, at the board. Let's say that I wronged John in some way. I slandered him to, uh, to someone else at the radio station, and I realized that, that I shouldn't have said that, that it wasn't true, and that I shouldn't have degraded John in, in, in front of another uh, uh, co-worker. Well, I can go to the coworker and apologize. That's fine. But it's not the coworker I harmed. It's John that I harmed. So I have to go to John and apologize to him. And Scripture makes, makes allowances for that. It says it, it tells you to confess to your neighbor. And it doesn't mean go to your neighbor and say, hey, I hurt that other guy. It's when you harm your neighbor, go to your neighbor and confess that you did them harm. Confess to the sin against them. And because only the person you harmed can forgive you. I can't slander John and expect Jane to forgive me for it because it's not Jane that I slandered. So I have to go to John for that. Well, when I sin, all sin is against God. Sin is by very definition uh, a desire or an act that's contrary to the love and law of God. So if I gossip against John, I've not only harmed John, I've broken one of God's commandments, so I've harmed my relationship with God. So I can ask forgiveness from John, but now I have to go to God and confess to God that I've harmed him as well through my, through my act or my desire to harm uh, another one of his creation. And if I'm not truly sorry for what I did, why should I, number one, expect forgiveness? And number two, why should I think that's a confession? It's just a brag. So... In, in, our, in our readings, 
in our scripture, we, we, underst- we, we learn and understand that it takes true contrition. If, if you're not sorry for your sins, don't expect forgiveness. If you don't realize it's, it's, it's a sin, perhaps it's not a grave sin. Uh, and it's, it's more of a venial, it's more of a minor sin, something that, that can be remedied in other ways. But if it's a grave sin, if you know what you did was wrong, and you did it anyway, and it had grave consequences, and the, the easiest way to look at that is, did it break God's commandments? In other words, did it, did it harm your love for God, and it, did it harm your neighbor? Anything that does that is, is a grave sin. Then you need the sacrament. You need to go to Christ and receive that absolution. So as, as we, we go through these readings, I want you to think about contrition and confession and think about who's the judge, who determines what's sinful, who, de- who determines who gets absolved and, and who doesn't. Uh, because I think oftentimes— we place ourselves above the judgment of God. We decide if we're sinful or not. We decide if others are sinful or not. And we decide who gets forgiven and who doesn't. And there's something really, really wrong uh, with, with that frame of mind. And Jesus teaches us about that very directly in today's gospel. This is the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. If you'd like to be part of the program, we invite you to join us. And and the way to do that is through our email. Uh, We'd like you to send us your questions about Catholicism, about Christianity. It could be things you uh, wonder about, things you need more clarification on. It could be things you uh, agree with or disagree with. Uh, It could be just something you want to share about your journey in faith. You can write us at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And we will break open the mailbag from time to time and see what kind of questions have been asked and do our best to answer them here on the air. So that's uh, good news at catholicspiritradio.org. And thank you to those who are listening. It's, it's really wonderful. We have no way at Catholic Spirit Radio right now of knowing how many listeners we have other than through your feedback. So if you're listening, let us know. Uh, drop us an email just to tell us you're listening. Uh, it would be a huge help to us. Uh, and it's always nice to know that what we do uh, is reaching out. I, I have on several occasions uh, following um, a mass uh, serving at one of my parishes, uh, I will have someone come up and say, oh, by the way, I heard your show last weekend. And that's really great to hear. It's, it's nice to know that's, that someone's listening. It's nice to get an idea of, of what they gained from listening to Good News, as well as to the other programs. We have such great variety of programs on Catholic Spirit Radio. Um, All day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, You can find wonderful programming, some of it produced locally, some of it uh, that we get through EWTN or other Catholic affiliates. And uh, what a great gift this has been to Central Illinois. And we continue to grow. Very shortly, we'll be going full power in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, at that point, we're reaching over a million potential listeners, and we're looking for other places to go, new antennas to put up. And we do all this uh, through your good graces, through your prayers and your financial support. If you'd like to support the work of Catholic Spirit Radio, I urge you to go to our website at catholicspiritradio.org 
and you'll see a donate button, a nice large donate button on that opening screen. All you have to do is click on that. It will show you all the different ways. And there's a number of different ways that you can donate to the cause and help us to continue to spread the gospel uh, to Catholics and Christians and non-Christians throughout uh, all of central Illinois. So we thank you for your support, and we hope you'll continue to listen and continue to pray for us and continue to send us your financial support. So we enter into the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Christmas is quickly approaching. I've already got some leaves uh, starting to turn colors in, in my garden. Uh, my, uh, my red bud isn't, is no longer red, of course, but now my leaves are starting to, uh, to yellow a bit and starting to drop off. But there's still a lot of life left. It's not winter yet. Um, yesterday, wow, yesterday was incredible. I had, uh, I had ducks in the yard, had uh, hummingbirds in the yard. We had cardinals, blue jays, uh, a variety of songbirds, some, uh, some goldfinches. It was just this great, it was almost like uh, out of a fairy tale scene that you would see the amount of wildlife we had running around. Uh, the squirrels, um, I think I got the crow problem pro- uh, licked now. We, we were having a, a crow infestation, but I think I got that figured out. And I know crows have to eat too, but man, when they get to my bird feeders, they just devastate them. So we had to uh, we had to come up with a way of modifying a couple of the bird feeders so that the crows wouldn't be interested. But we have just just a panacea of wildlife in in the yard, and we've got some raccoons and some possums at night, and a couple coyotes from time to time. But it's it's the daytime stuff that I that I like the most. So winter isn't here yet. We still have lots of life. But starting to see signs of, of fall entering into it, and soon in the life of the church, we'll leave the, the color green of ordinary time, and we'll start to work our way in closer to Christmas as we enter into violet, into the time of Advent, uh, which is such a, a, a fun time in, in the church because Advent means the preparation for a, for a great arrival. And, and Advent was the preparation for the arrival of royalty or a conquering hero, a great general. So all the activities that went into preparing for them to show up, that was the Advent before the event. And so we have Advent before the event of, of Christmas. And in the church, there's so many um, new activities that get introduced that we don't normally see during ordinary time. So I always look forward to Advent. And Christmas, of course, is such a, a beautiful time in the, in the church. So we hope you'll continue to grow with us uh, through good news, through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our readings for the Mass this weekend come from the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah, read through Isaiah, always as you read through Isaiah, keep the gospels in mind because Isaiah is one of the great prophets who really was was there to prepare us for the for the coming of the messiah and the things he tells us about jesus are so right on and this is hundreds of years before jesus actually comes but yet isaiah isaiah through the holy spirit uh, revealed so much of what we would learn uh, from christ and through christ and how to identify uh, christ and he was just right on the mark Thanks, thanks to the, uh, the direction of the Holy Spirit. So today's reading comes from um, the 50th, 55th chapter of Isaiah. And he writes, 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. The word of the Lord. So we're going to focus in on that line about uh, generous in forgiving, how generous God is. And I think oftentimes we take forgiveness and, and we look at it in our own terms. And our own terms are pretty limited. We're willing to forgive up to a point. And then comes that point where we say, no, I can't even forgive them. And God says, no, I still can. And it's my forgiveness that's important. It's my forgiveness that counts. And my forgiveness is so far above yours. And we're going to see just how far in a parable from, from Jesus in our gospel. In our, uh, in our second reading, which comes from Paul to the, to the church in Philippi. So Paul writes to the Philippians, Brothers and sisters, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, life in Christ and death is gain. I'm sorry, for me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I shall choose. I'm caught between the two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Only conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. The word of the Lord. So we have, we have in Paul words today this great, it's not really a battle, but it's, it's a type of a conflict. He loves life and he loves what he's what he does in life for Christ, how he continues this, minute, this wonderful ministry. And it's so important to him that he do this for Christ, that he wants to be able to live to help others. On the other hand, the longer he lives, the longer he is kept from heaven. And he wants to be in heaven in this perfect union with God. And, and so we feel that same way too, don't we? We love life and, and we tend to, to fear death now, some may look forward to it, but for the most part, we tend to fear it, yet we want to be with Christ. And we see this so often when, in, in the death of a loved one. How often are we, are we deeply saddened, sometimes for years, over the loss of someone we, we loved, yet we know through our Christian character that they're in heaven, they're in the best place in the best condition they could possibly be in. They're in full communion with Christ. We come into partial communion through our prayers, through our sacraments, and we long for that full communion. But then when somebody we love achieves it, we're saddened. We need to look at, we need to look at death differently. Uh, we need to realize that, that death has been conquered. Uh, there is no fear. There should be no fear of death. Sadness for the loss of the company of someone, yes. But we should quickly be able to turn that into joy for them, that they are now celebrating in this, in this full communion, this full presence of, of Christ. So in forgiveness, let's move to our gospel. 
the gospel is, again, from Matthew. We're still in that A cycle of the three cycles of the gospels. And in A, it's almost all about Matthew with a few readings uh, from John. But Matthew writes, Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Now going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon, and then around three, and did likewise. Going out at about five, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You too go into my vineyard. And when it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five came, each received the usual daily wage. And so when the first came, they thought they would receive even more. But each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only an hour, and we made them, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. And he said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. What a great lesson, and one we we as Christians often ignore. I've had the question asked me, and I I know several clergy get, get this question. What about Hitler? What about Jeffrey Dahmer? Are they in heaven? I don't know who's in heaven. Uh, we we don't get a roster. You know, I think I think some people think that monthly, Catholic, the Catholic Church gets a roster of who made it to heaven and and who's in hell, and that's not true. We don't know. I mean, we know a few people. Uh, we have we have faith that that the uh, the good thief is in heaven because Jesus said, "Today you will be he- be in heaven with me." So we believe he's there. Um, the the canonized saints. That's why they're canonized. We put them on a list. These are people who we believe, souls who we believe there's evidence of them in heaven. We're not saying they're the only ones, but we're saying we believe we have evidence of of their presence in in the in the beatific vision of God. So so we don't know everybody. Uh, hopefully, everyone's in heaven. I would hope that everyone is able to get God's forgiveness. And people say, even somebody like Hitler, uh, it's not for me to judge. Yes, he did horrible things, but I don't know I don't know what happened at the moment of his death. The last one to the vineyard, right? I don't know if after everyone else was in heaven, 
if even the worst person, the last person that, that comes to Christ, that's what, that's what this parable is talking about, if even the last one who comes says, I'm, I'm incredibly sorry for what I've done, here are my sins, and I'm, I'm sorry I sinned against God, I, I, I'm, you know, and they come with contriteness and humility, as, as we've talked before, that, that your sins have to come with that, that crushed heart. If someone like Hitler came to Christ with a crushed heart and was truly sorry and Jesus decided to forgive him for his sins, so what? So what? How is that how is that our business? Are we greater judges than Christ? Now that's not to say Hitler is there or Dahmer's there or any of these other horrible people who we know to be horrible in life weren't suddenly forgiven or weren't eventually forgiven. Um Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't know. The, the purpose of the parable is to remind us not to judge others. That's not for us to do. It's not our law. And by judging others as to whether they should be uh, in heaven or hell, we place us not only in, in, ahead of the law, we place us ahead of the actual judge of the law. And there's only one judge. Only Christ judges. And so... When someone wrongs us, or someone wrongs society, or wrongs the world, what we're called to is forgiveness. What we're called to is to pray for these people that they change, that they too come to the vineyard and and spend time in the vineyard, whether the first one's in or the last one's in, whether you were you were a cradle Catholic and born in the faith and you you followed the faith throughout the whole of your life or whether you came to the faith in the last year of your life or the last week of your life or the last day of your life makes no difference to God. What makes the difference is that you make the choice to come to God. So no matter who you are today, there is hope for you tomorrow. There's hope for you in the next moment to make the decision to enter the vineyard to go to do the work necessary. And you don't have to do, have done the work your entire life. You just have to make the choice to show up and do the work. And God's saying that there is forgiveness for the the equal forgiveness for the last person to come to him as there is for the first person who came to him. And when you think about it, isn't that the God we want? Isn't that the loving God that we hope for? That no matter what we've done in life, there's forgiveness available to us? Isn't that so much so much better to have than, than think of God as a vengeful God who's just out to punish people with hell? What he's really out to do is welcome you home like the, the father in the prodigal son in the parable of the prodigal son. So let's give great thanks for this gospel and for the knowledge that we have a forgiving God who keeps that doorway open no matter when we come to him and that the person who comes to him in faith last will receive the same salvation as the person who came to him first. We have a great and loving God who waits to welcome you home. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al Lundy. Please bow your head for the blessing unless you're driving. We'll ask you to keep paying attention to the road. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. 
Amen. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.